This is the Hunt Quietly Podcast. I'm Matt Ranella. Future of hunting in America is imperiled for reasons nobody in the hunting industry and hunting entertainment and the hunting nonprofit world, that is, nobody with a platform, is talking about. At least this is true for the kind of hunting I care about. For me, it's about hunting publicly accessible land with over the counter or otherwise easily acquired tags, or perhaps banging on a landowner's door and seeing if they'll let me on. I've had a lifetime of positive experiences with this kind of hunting, and it's heartbreaking to see it going away. Formerly productive public land spots are becoming so overcrowded it's impossible to believe anyone is having a positive experience there. And banging on doors? This is becoming increasingly futile as more and more land is leased up and locked up. There's just simply no way I'm the only one that's noticing these negative trends. And the only reason I'm starting this podcast is to find other people that see these issues in the same light I do and bring us together to see if we can do something about it. So why are the hunting industry and hunting celebrities by and large ignoring the 1,200-pound hunting tradition destroying purple gorilla in the room? Well, this is very obvious. It's because they are the dominant cause of the overcrowding and locking up of lands. And because more crowding means more customers and more profits. When someone comes to me with a sincere interest in learning to hunt, I always help them. I've helped people learn to hunt my whole life. But that's not what the hunting industry and hunting celebrities are doing. Instead, they're engaged in this hyper-monetized campaign to manufacture interest in hunting in order to mint new hunters earn viewers, and sell products. There's a huge difference between helping someone that already has an interest in hunting versus ginning up interest in hunting to sell stuff. The former is simply doing the right thing, and the latter is currently utterly screwing, i.e. displacing, the existing grassroots hunting community. That is, is displacing the very community that most industry folks and celebrities started out embracing and being members of. I've had something of a gestalt switch when it comes to hunting TV, sexy hunting ads, and sponsored grip and grinners on social media. Where I used to think of this crap as fairly benign, though maybe a little disrespectful to wildlife, braggy and lacking in taste, I now see it as far more destructive. Though I don't think it's intentional on the part of people in the gear and entertainment industries, it's nevertheless the case that all the hype constitutes an aggressive form of free advertising for people that work to lease out hunting land and lock out the common man. There's so much more I want to and will say about this topic in future episodes. For now, if you want a better understanding of my perspective, you can check out my Free Range American article on their website or on the Hunt Quietly, that's one word, dot org website. So where do hunting nonprofits like Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Ducks Unlimited, etc., 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 fit into this? Well, they do a lot of good. 
However, I hasten to add that they, like the hunting celebrities and hunting nonprofits, are intent on manufacturing interest in hunting through their efforts to recruit more hunters. So here we have it the hunting nonprofits, the very groups that we think of as being charged with looking out for us, are increasing crowding, reducing our probability of drawing licenses, and growing the customer base for people that profit from locking up wildlife on private land. In short, the nonprofits are prime contributors to the biggest problems in hunting today. I hope I'm giving you a sense of the themes that will be discussed on this podcast. Basically, if it holds potential for increasing access and opportunity for the unwashed masses that hunt purely for meat, hide, horns, and personal enjoyment, then I want to talk about it. And I look forward to having the discussions with people that agree with me, those that don't, and those that come down somewhere in the middle. But this isn't the only territory I want to cover. For example, I want to get farmers and ranchers on to learn what they can teach us about restoring relationships between them and hunters. I want to explore the potential for opening access in ways that benefit the landowner and the hunter alike. Can this be done without involving large sums of money? Or is our uniquely American hunting tradition to be replaced by the distinctly ununique pay-to-play model? In the end, though, talk is cheap. And together with you, dear listener, I hope to do more than talk. Over time, I'm hoping we can coalesce around shared concerns and values and take concrete steps to secure the future of hunting. I have ideas that may help, and I'm sure you do too. Let this podcast be a place to share our ideas, refine our thinking, and ultimately take steps to do right by future generations of hunters. If you want to come on the podcast, have podcast ideas, and or have ideas for actions we can take, please reach out to me on the huntquietly.org website. Let me end by explaining what hunt quietly means to me, which entails explaining what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean being silent about threats to our cherished pastime. If we do that, it's lost for sure. Instead, it means having respect for dead and dying animals by taking them off computers and television screens. It means being humble. Hunting is about seeing without being seen and hearing without being heard. Hunting is best done quietly.